Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Brian filling in for producer Grant again for the Lori and Julia show. Starting off this hour, we have the LoJ Book Club, stories we can't get enough of, and some notable lives. Oh, yes. my gosh. I got to have Rocco make me a little introduction for my notable lives. I would agree, Lori. Don't you think? Just notable, uh, notable, notable. And um, lives well lived. Really incredible. Um, I'm going to start with the concierge of paisley park and that is this guy by the name of dan lacy he died unfortunately he had a brain cancer he died on monday at the age of 61 john bream has the story of him in the paper today mm-hmm. and dan lacy never saw prince in concert or owned any of his albums but the day that prince died dan who's a painter went out to paisley park And he was in the mood to do a large painting. So he went down there and he set up under the tree right across the street. And he just felt like it would be useful. April 14th, he was there. On 2016, he's an artist from Elko Newmarket. So, and then after that, he just kept returning to Paisley every day to paint and attend to the Prince mementos that were pinned sure, on the fence. right. Oh, my and gosh. He was. he just became an unofficial ambassador, consoling people in person or via social media, giving away his paintings of Prince. He would paint pictures of, like, what people had left up. And um, uh, dozens of Prince fams, as, as he, as the Minnesota megastar called his fams, from as far away as Australia and Netherlands, posted tributes on social media about Dan oh. because people do come from all over the world. Yes, they do. To Paisley Park. And for the first three years after he passed, there was that celebration. And I mean, I went to all three years. Rocco and I went to two. My brother came for one. People from all I over remember the world that. in yes. every state. It was yeah. incredible. So tell me his name one more time. His name is Dan Lacey. And so he was, uh, like, here's a story. This woman from Atlanta said she met him outside Paisley Park in October of 2016. A woman parked her car and asked him, what are you doing? He was holding a photo of Prince as a model for his painting. She said, I'd love to have that photo. And he just gave it to her. It was his study picture, and he just gave it to her. And he was too modest to tout his acrylic artwork, so he just viewed himself as the self-appointed caretaker of mementos that fans left on the fence and in the tunnel connecting the Lake Ann Park with Prince's property. Okay. There's this little tunnel. And he even admitted, I'm not the biggest Prince fan. He never went inside Paisley Park. You're kidding me. But most of my friends now are Prince people from all over the world. And this other gal, Sarah Savoy of Prior Lake, told John Bream she met him, Dan Lacey, outside Paisley Park the day Prince died. She said he was definitely quirky and different, as a lot of creative people are, but his heart was so in the right place. And he was genuinely, you know, consoling people. And um, he, he, in the 1980s, so he's born in Brooklyn, taught himself. He used to paint on a Las Vegas street corner. And then the Rio Hotel hired him to paint in the lobby. I love that. Of the Rio. And that's where he met his wife. Chris from Minnesota, and she talked him into coming to Minnesota. And in 2000, he created this, it's now defunct, but this Christian comic strip called Faith Mouse, in which he once questioned how Prince could sue his followers for posting copyrighted videos online. Then he got a weird message on his blog, because remember the 2000, no internet. 
Dan, you don't know how it feels. One day you'll be famous and then you'll understand. It was from Prince. Wow. And he liked cats and pancakes and almost all of his paintings. He worked a pancake into the painting. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. And he often wore a knit cap. See the picture. A stack of pancakes with syrup and butter. On the top, he just was crazy about pancakes, and um, he's painted. He's painted Barack Obama, Jillian Anderson, Kanye. He sold, sells his stuff on Etsy, and one original work was famously purchased by Macklemore. It was a nude of Justin Bieber with a stack of pancakes over his triangle. Okay. Oh, okay. okay, that's funny. Yeah. And sometimes he painted his canvases upside down to get really close attention to detail. So he just there. There's going to be a public memorial scheduled later, and maybe he it'll was be, self-described the painter pancakes. Yeah, oh. it, there might be something around. Probably if when the Prince celebration yeah. is scheduled, there'll probably be something for Dan Lacey, the purple concierge of Paisley Park. Oh, that's awesome! I know. Isn't that something they took care of all the mementos? Because remember, the weather was it was a rainy. It was snow. I mean, it was. It was all kinds was of all weather. It was all kinds of weather, so I love that he went And there was heartfelt and... things and notes. And, oh, I love that. I mean, I maybe like he shellacked that. and painted over something. Yeah. I, mean, I had to have to look at, but he, yeah, he took care of all these mementos left he by He has fans. some really cool, cool um, pictures of Prince on Etsy. Mm-hmm. A really cool one. The very first one's really cool. I mean, and his paintings were uh, amazing. I mean, he was really a good yeah. painter as far as likeness. Of, oh yeah, of Prince and um, you know other people that he 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 just said um, uh, he said I'm doing something purposeful. I'm supporting the people who would like his legacy, meaning Prince, to stay alive. I'm just a hack, a happy hack. I'm happy to help. Oh, nice. I know. So yeah, a lot a lot of people were commenting on that, and uh, yeah, 61, too damn young. He had blastoma brain cancer. Oh, that's that's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. So anyway, that is a notable life. And we have one more, but he got to live to the good long age of 91. You might not know who Bruce Erickson is, but if you're a fan of the Science Museum, you know Bruce Erickson because he's fresh out of college. He's a paleontologist. The year is 1959. And he promised the Science Museum, I will find you a dinosaur for your collection if you hire me. Two years later, he and his wife, who she actually spotted it, uncovered a triceratops at the bottom of a ravine in the Hell Creek Formation of Montana. It was one of the earliest and largest nearly complete skeletons of its kind in the world and became a centerpiece of the Science Museum. And um, so he did it, but his passion, I love saying this word, was crocodilian fossils, okay? Because that captivated him in his 58 years as a paleontologist because those crocodiles are thought to be the ancestors of modern-day crocodiles, and they were humongous. And so what he built at the museum with the collection is a data set that um, paleontologists and scientists will mine for years. And we forget how valuable these collections are. But he, 
Alex Hastings, who succeeded him as the museum's curator of paleontology, when he interviewed for the job, the job, he recalled his awe when Bruce started giving him a vast collection of the crocodilian fossils he had. He opened up all the crocodile cabinets and I almost started crying. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing and wonderful. It's huge. Multiple sites, multiple time periods. He was a meticulous note taker and his love of fossils started when he was 10. He was playing with a friend by his house in the Mississippi when he saw a man picking up rocks and cracking them open. And he was a geology professor, professor from the University of Minnesota. He taught the boys how to find fossils, and that was it. That's and, super cool. Isn't that? And mm-hmm. he was in the Korean War when he was 19 and, you know, worked at the Field Museum in Chicago. I remember seeing your first dinosaur. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. It's so cool. It was so cool seeing the first one. Yeah. So he found a triceratops, uh, huh. a huge one, too, you know, very early on. Very cool. I know. All right. So that's Bruce Erickson. Listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Still, the nugget song. Sick of his levitating, do we? No. That song is still works. It's good so good. It his is. Bumps. Okay. So, uh, you know how much I love Roger Friedman. Just his little tidbits that he gives and his takes. And here's his headline today. Uh, Roger Friedman. What are you worried about, Julia, right now? What's, what's happening? We're supposed to be. Okay. It's not three yes, thirty. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. God, I'm really off. You're today. what? <laughs> I'm did off. you not take your I vitamin think, D today? I was thinking, you know what? The pill dropped on the floor, and I did not <laughs> bend over and get it. It went under my vanity. That oh is my God. so You've funny. You had two days of being That's panicky so about different times. Time. I then totally then thought she just looked t- at me, and she's shaking her head. And I'm thinking, because you're saying, do I have snakes coming out of my no. mouth? What is <laughs> happening? You're saying right Roger now? Freeman. I'm like, no, we're interviewing Brian Freeman. That's in 10 minutes. <laughs> Roger Friedman, Showbiz 411, longtime entertainment yes. reporter. He writes this Desperate Times in Media, Barry Diller closes Entertainment Weekly in style print editions. Vogue trots out Kim Kardashian in a desperate move. So he's like, Everything is in the point of despair because Barry Diller, media mogul, mm-hmm. uh, husband of Diane von Furstenberg, bought a bunch of former Meredith Time Life ma- publications oh, yeah, yeah. for Meredith mm-hmm. publications. Now he's closing six of them, including Entertainment Weekly and InStyle. He'll keep the digital versions, the websites, but the magazines end their run in April. Um, it's notable that Diller's company. IAC also owns the Daily Beast, but it was the Wall Street Journal who broke this story. <laughs> and at Condé Nast, Roger writes, things are just as desperate with flagging circulation at Vogue. Anna has stooped low with the new issue of Vogue. He's put Kim on the cover in a big splashy photo shoot inside. We posted the cover. I'm sure it's, he writes, it's a lovely puff piece. Kim probably thinks she has a shot at the vacant Supreme court seat that's hysterical that's That's roger that's hysterical he's good in style won't be missed because they routinely paid people so they could photograph their homes i'm surprised diller didn't leverage that brand into a home furnishings show on cable entertainment weekly the magazine will be be much missed and mourned i wrote for them 30 years ago it was a real generator of talent and excitement. And so many of their original Entertainment Weekly staff have gone on to become authorities in entertainment journalism. Mm-hmm. 
one of his first things that Roger Freeman did was on site with Dallas. Oh, hysterical. Um, so, Jason, if you're listening and yes. did the first big splashy story on the stars of Dallas. Oh, you're kidding. And 200 jobs yep. between the six publications. And uh, he said, I'm sure EW will be moved into People's Magazine's website. And what's happened to people is mind boggling. It's no longer the Bible of pop entertainment news. Now it's just like a bad version of some other magazine. And he's like, this week, Lionel Richie is on the cover. Hello. As for Vogue, Kim Kardashian's been there before. It didn't help uh, sales on the newsstand. Vogue is losing circulation in print and digital. And they always confront, they'll confront the, I mean, with EW and we'll wait to see what happens with Vandy Fair you know, but he's like really. He's like, this is a despairing moment for magazines. Well, it and it it, it has been for a while because we know Glamour now is only online. We know Cosmopolitan Cosm- yeah. is only online. Miss, we know miss, um, miss that magazine. What were the other big ones that we? Oh, used there's to been. Like? I mean, you don't. Yeah, Entertainment is, Weekly went from once a week to monthly. That mm-hmm. happened in an effort to keep it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. Anyway, uh, I love that, uh, you know, he and then today he's been throwing up some cover stories like he did the cover story on Ellen Barkin, um, you know, back in, you know, the late 80s. But it really was Entertainment Weekly because it it gave reviews and books, movies, TV. It was kind of. It, it was like uh, the New York Times, but for TV, music, for pop, pop culture. culture yeah, movies. it was fresh. Okay. It was fresh. They always had great fi- book interviews I, yes. and reviewers. And I mean, I think of um, our author, Jillian Flynn. You know, she's. St- hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. We are all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. Are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Started at Entertainment Weekly reviewing movies. Song Girl, all of her books. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, the, you know, Kim Kardashian, I remember the big hoo-ha the first time that she posted. Anna's got her posted for the... The first um, time that Kim Kardashian was on the cover. Cover of Vogue. Remember? And she was in the couch. 
material yes. for the Met Gala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Connie was in, and they were yes. like a wedding dress. And now she's a futuristic new Kim on the cover. We've got it posted. But um, I will say... Um, I like him. Yeah, well, I will say I really like uh, one thing for sure she said um, about why she left Kanye. Yeah. For so long, I did what other people, what made other people happy. And I think the last two years, I decided I'm going to make myself happy. And that feels really good, even if that created change and caused my divorce. I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what makes you happy. I've chosen myself. My 40s about being team me. Well, I think Kim has always been team me, but I get what she's saying. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think being it finally she was they were together for six years and the last two years have been exhausting as the parents of four children under mm-hmm. the age at that time of six. Well, I think Incredible. It's a, that's a lot of kids to have your husband be always somewhere else. Yes. Under the guise of genius and not taking under His the medication. guise of genius. Yeah, under the I'm guise. out of town this weekend because I'm a genius. genius. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm in Paris because I'm a genius. Yeah, so she left to make herself happy. And you know what? I like that she said that because I think that a lot of times people are afraid to do that. To say, I'm teamy. I want to be happy because particularly women, and yes, there are some guys who do this, but there are a lot of times when people will just stay and put up with a lot of stuff that they know. I mean, you know, for me, Julia, I did the math about how many more times I was going to have sex. I remember. In my first divorce, that was like my, my epiphany. That was my epiphany. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wasn't happy because I also had another clue. I was married and dating. Well, you know, that was a sign. I had, That's a sign. I had hand. to take that as a sign, but it would have been so much easier and less painful forever and involved if I, but I wasn't 40, you know, I was 30 mm-hmm. uh, to say, I'm just not happy because right. that's what it was. Right. You know, so, you know, uh, we learned some things about Kim in this Vogue issue. I did not, I guess I had forgotten uh, that she's a self-proclaimed Elizabeth Taylor nerd. She can tell you the, about the that. carrot count, and she was the last person to interview Elizabeth. Um, Kim Kardashian she was? Yeah, she was. Oh, I forgot about that, Lori. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she... And she um, dated Michael Jackson's nephew, and O.J. Simpson is her godfather. Oh. There we go. Full so circle. Take a look at Kim's <laughs> Vogue cover. Wow, she's wearing something interesting. Everybody, uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. It is time for another edition of the Lori and Julia Book Club. And one of our favorite and frequent authors, and, and now we, we're friends, <laughs> Brian Freeman is joining us. And his newest book that just came out is called The Ursulina. And it's the second, because it The Deep, Deep Snow is the other book, but you don't have to read them in order. But Brian, The Ursulina, you've done it so again. Great. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, thanks. That's great to hear. Uh, this book's really special to me. I'm I'm so delighted to have it out there for readers. It is so different and wild. You've got to give people the, the set, setup yep. of the book, please. 
Well, the Ursulina is the uh, is the name given to this uh, legend in Black Wolf County about uh, sort of a a Bigfoot style beast that roams the woods out there. And uh, uh, there's a a young sheriff's deputy named Rebecca Calder who is dealing with uh, a series of killings in that area where a killer has sort of taken on the identity of the Ursulina, and uh, and uh, it gets very twisty from there. And it, and I mean, oh my! It's a real page turner, Brian. Well, this uh, you know, this book goes hand in hand with uh, with my earlier book, The Deep Deep Snow. And people have asked, you know, is it a standalone? Is it a prequel? Is it a follow up? It's really kind of all three. Um, but I, I think together, there's just really an emotional richness to these two books. They're they're probably my two favorites of uh, of all the novels I've written, The Deep Deep Snow and the Ursulina. I, I think those are the, the, the two that are closest to my heart. Really, why is that? Because well, you've yeah, written so the, many books. The idea we have. You long like since you were a boy. Did you have an incident on a camping trip where you saw a flash and a huff sound? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> what 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 was it that got you the idea to write the book, The Ursulina? Yeah, I've I've always kind of wondered what's hiding out there in the woods. Uh, but uh, uh, when I was writing the the deep deep snow and I was writing the prologue, uh, introducing the character of Shelby Lake, uh, Shelby in that book is uh, was abandoned as a baby. And when I was describing that, I was talking about the dangers lurking in the woods from wolves and bears and wolverines. And, mm-hmm. and suddenly it just occurred to me, you know, this is the kind of area that would have to have a legend about some sort of strange monster in the woods. And uh, so I, I wrote it in to the deep, deep snow, and that legend sort of uh, overlays the story. And uh, when it came time to do another another book to really sort of uh, uh, finish off the story of, of Shelby Lake, uh, I thought that uh, the story of the Ursulina just uh, would would sort of be front and center in in a new book, and uh, uh, and uh, so that that's how it it came to be. And Ursulina is the Ur- Ursulina. Yeah, is that's that a, the monster? Yeah, I know. But it, how did you come up with that name? Ursa is it Latin for bear. <laughs> is it? Okay, thank uh, well, you. you know, Ur- how would Ur- I know that? Sort of Ursu sort of means bear, and okay. uh, and and so I, I I thought, well, I'll I'll come up with something that's sort of a bear-like creature, and so yeah. Ursulina just came out of that. Uh, yeah, I love it. And Ursu, I mean, because there's a constellation, but it's Latin, right, for bear? Am I right? Right. That? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. It's Lord. one of those weird things yeah. that you know, if you read a lot, Julia. Yeah, sometimes I guess you know. I didn't. I'm like, where's the name coming <laughs> from? I'm just kidding. But I but mean, the reviews also, besides Lori and I, I mean. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Everybody loves it because, again, you take people on a journey that's so unexpected. I mean, sometimes with thrillers, you can kind of figure out where things are going. But this the twists and turns and everything in it. And I know your wife is your partner. Oh. Um, And so, Marsha, Marsha, when she's reading this, did she have any feedback that maybe it's too much this way or too much that way? Well, she always has great feedback, and uh, I mean, she's my first and my best editor. So uh, we we go through each new book uh, in in exhaustive detail. Where we go through every page, and and she catches everything, and we talk through all the plot points and the characters. Uh, so, uh, but you know, I always know that if I if I've got a twist that I can I can run by her, and she doesn't see it coming, then I figure, okay, that's then then we're great for the readers. Yeah, and I also like uh, the grace in which you handled the. Um the ways that like somebody can set their eyes on you and go after you. And then when they get you to love them back, they turn into somebody else. 
And just like kind of the difficulty difficulties of, you know, like recognizing emotional abuse when you think right. it's love. And I just thought that was a lot of grace in how you set up that part of the storyline with one one situation. Well, thank you, because, yeah, there's there's a very difficult relationship in this book. And, and I spend a lot of time trying to get the, the tone of that just right so that it it it. It feels authentic, yes. um, but but doesn't feel in any way you know exploitive. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you, yeah, you did that most definitely, and also, you know, um, the storyline with the the two boys that are in it, the two high school kids, and I mean, I yeah. just really, I don't know how this doesn't become another Edgar Award finalist uh, for twenty twenty two. Well, we'll we'll sure cross our fingers. This 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 is a very I mean it's a very twist filled thriller, but it's also a very emotional thriller. And, mm-hmm. and I, I love hearing from readers that tell me they were you know in tears at the end of the book. And in it, it may be strange for a thriller writer, but for me I, that always feels like the ultimate compliment yeah. because it means the characters have really gotten inside your heart. Now, Brian, are you going to get back out? Are authors going to be able to get back to our local bookstores and have readings? Are you having and, readings or signings? Yeah, what's happening? You know, I've done a couple of virtual events in, in the past week, and, and I'm sure we'll get some more of those on the calendar. I sure hope that as the year goes on, we'll be able to, to get back out to bookstores and libraries and uh, and do some more events, because uh, I've, I've got three more books coming out before the end of the year, so I'm going to have you plenty do. of opportunities to, to get back out and talk. Okay, so okay, you got, got the Jason Bourne. The, yeah. Jason Bourne. Yep, Jason Bourne, The Bourne Sacrifice, comes out uh, on July 26th. Uh, then I've got a, a wonderfully twisty, creepy uh, standalone thriller called I Remember You that's coming out uh, in August. Uh, and then uh, uh, and then our favorite uh, our favorite hero, Jonathan Stride of yes. Duluth, uh, he's going to be back in The Zero Night on November 1st. So okay. uh, it's going to be a busy second half of the year. Lots of books coming out. What's going on with the Lieutenant, you know, the Stride series? And we want it to be filmed on at Park Point, damn it, up in Duluth. But what, yeah, exactly, any, that's right. Is that just been delayed because of COVID? Yeah, every everything everything gets delayed. Uh, you know, and now now we're we're hoping that uh, my last uh, standalone thriller, Infinite, uh, gets made into a movie because Universal Pictures picked up the oh. option for that, and uh, uh, they're they're moving ahead on that project. So we're we're crossing our fingers that we'll see that one on the Brian, big screen. Brian, are we talking six books in the last two years? I mean, because you had Infinite, you had another um, Born one last year. I mean. I've what? I've written nine books in the last three years. Okay. I, I find that hard to imagine myself. But uh, so do you uh, have? So when, when I think about the pandemic in the last two years just sort of disappearing, I, I have physical evidence that those two years really did happen. Yeah. So you don't have any half finished books just lying around. Not nothing. <laughs> nothing currently. No. Now I'm I'm diving in on the plots for the the next round of books. And so, so how that's, many that's hours a day do you write? Well, you know, I've always kind of treated writing as uh, as a nine to five job. So, okay. you know, I was in the traditional workforce for so long that uh, I still kind of work that way. So I, I get up and have coffee and go into my office and uh, and spend the day uh, plotting and writing and and you know killing people. So yeah, it must. It, it, oh, the Ursulina! Like I was scared. I, I was like, oh gosh, the next time I go to a yeah, cabin, I don't want to be by myself. Chilling. Pretty chilling parts in this one. Well, we had a bear up at my cabin in Lori. I thought it was going to fall so over. It came up on the deck. The Ursa <laughs> came up on the deck and was 30 feet behind me. I could have been killed. So, if you're just joining us, we're talking with local author and best New York Times bestselling author of so many books. The Ursuline is his latest, Brian Freeman. Brian, do you like have a 
a whiteboard with posting notes, how you keep track of all your characters to make sure it all works in the end. Do you see a head like that and do an outline? I, I do. Or? Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm sitting in my office staring at my whiteboard right now. So, yeah, that's a big part of kind of how I lay everything out. This is just what did you do again before you started writing full time? Uh, you know, I did a lot of different things. I was in mortgage banking. I okay. was in nonprofit at a number of colleges. I did uh, marketing and public relations work for one of the big law firms in Minneapolis. So I, I, I had a lot of things, but I was still, you know, writing on evenings and weekends and in hotel rooms and on planes. So I, I've been I've been writing my whole life. It's amazing. Well, we thank you, and so do our readers and listeners. How, what's the best way that uh, people can fans and people who love your books can, to connect with you? Uh, it's uh, it's real easy. They can either go to my website, which is bfreemanbooks.com. That's one word, mm-hmm. bfreemanbooks.com. Or they can find me out on Facebook at facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. Okay. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at bfreemanbooks. So uh, pretty well anywhere you go on, on social media, you can track me down. Uh, Brian, do you, do you Insta anything besides your books? I mean, do you have a little area that you like, like to doesn't... highlight on Insta? On Instagram? Yeah, what do you do? Is it just book stuff, or do you do uh, yeah, other? Yeah, it's, it's, it's book stuff. Every now and then I throw in some, some other photographs as well. But, okay. Uh, it's always fun posting covers out there, particularly when there's there's foreign editions. I always love seeing what the covers look like when they're, they're coming in from other countries. Yeah. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of fans in Turkey that, that post oh. a lot on Instagram about my books. <laughs> really? Isn't that yeah. something? That's funny. That's just kind of an odd thing. Well, how many thing. languages are your books published it's in? Up, it's up to 24 languages now. We, we just sold uh, uh, Infinite in Estonia uh, last mm. month. So. Well, that is so cool. You know what? Uh, people want to escape with um, fictional mystery and thriller books. It's just, it's a great escape. It really is. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Nothing nothing makes me happier than when a reader writes and says, "Boy, your book just kind of lifted me out of real life for a while and and sent me somewhere completely different." Mm-hmm. And that's a good book's job mm-hmm. and and job well done. And we're just always delighted. So I've so put we'll it talk down to already. you in July. We'll, we'll talk, talk to you in, in August. <laughs> we'll talk to you and whenever the new Jonathan one comes out. But congratulations on everything and thank you for your time and your amazing writing. Thank you both. Okay, that's Brian Freeman. Hi, Brian. We are fortunate to have two copies of the book, The Ursulina. If you give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. And if you are new and haven't maybe won a book recently, we'd love to send this out to you. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, oh, be a dolly. All right, fine. There is a prop bet on what song I think all the performers for the halftime show would just come out to somehow. It would be California Love without the hologram of Tupac. I know. I don't know why, but I think that'd be kind of. And then, you know, maybe an explosion of fireworks and then they each get their whatever it is, two minutes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be probably one of the top watch Super Bowls ever. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. the bats are like through the roof. The two teams, the two the teams, halftime the halftime show. show. It has a little something for everybody. It's so nineties. Yep. It's really giving us nineties nostalgia for sure. I think it's gonna be good. Really good. Okay, so um Dolly. I said be a Dolly, Julia. I'm telling you, she is Besides Mackenzie Scott, who's given away $3 billion yes. in the last couple of years, I don't know that anyone does more for humanity than Dolly Parton. Because here's what she's... What is she doing now? And you know, I just... I already voted once 
on the computer in here, so I couldn't vote again. But Dolly is only fourth in the public voting for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the public, all of our votes get consolidated into one of the 776 votes. I, w- I want Dolly to be winning. Well, I'm going to tell you what the status is right now because there's been over 100,000 online votes for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fame. And you can go to their website and vote. Yes. And Eminem has 142,000. He's winning. And Duran Duran, 119. And after that, it's Pat Benatar. Okay. And then Dolly. Yes. Yeah, Dolly needs to move on up and Duran can go down uh, one because okay. Dolly does so much. I mean, you know, she gave the money for the Moderna yep. vaccine. Uh, she, vaccine. What is she doing her now? book initiative. Yes. Well, she, her, one day, Julia, we will go to Knoxville, Tennessee and to we Dolly will go Land? to Dollywood. 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 Neil the Knitter went there and he said it's pretty fabulous. I'm ready to go there. I'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah, maybe they'll send us for work. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but anyway, Dollywood announced today, Dolly did on her uh, uh, Twitter, that uh, any employee of Dollywood, they will cover 100% of their tuition, fees, and books. For people who want to extend their education. Because, of course, think of how many high school kids. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved that. Uh, Isn't that (laughs) unbelievable? That is. We want uh, the people who work here to develop themselves through advanced learning, to care more, dream more, be more. And when uh, they call their employees hosts. Okay, mm-hmm. um, we want them to, it makes our business and our community uh, a better place. And, you know, her Dollywood Foundation every year gives away a million dollars just to local groups in Tennessee. And then she's got her book uh, a program where she provides book and then she kicked the million into uh, Vanderbilt University for the development of the Moderna vaccine, which has saved millions of lives. And uh, yeah, so the company will, you know, will provide up to five thousand two hundred and fifty dollars per year? person. Yeah, per That's year awesome. or total per year. Oh my god. I know, and you can uh, like it's thirty different learning partners, and it's a f- about a hundred. That's way cool, isn't that amazing? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I've always kind of wanted to work at a place. I remember when my kids were at St. Thomas, mm-hmm. or one of them went there to the um, University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, and when he was enrolled, I could audit classes for free. But it was just too busy here. But I always wanted to see same thing because his son went to St. Right. Thomas. So we could have gone to school for free right. during that time period. But I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. But I wish I would have tried harder because he was going to be an elementary education teacher after his uh, motorcycle accident. He took a test and it was like, oh, elementary school teacher he would, would have been be, great. At he would have been so good. He would have been so good. But the uh, the we traumatic brain injury, it was too close to going to school. And within just two weeks of him going to school, he came home and he's like, this isn't going to work for me. I mean, he just couldn't remember anything. Yeah, I think some local companies also have this program. I don't know wh- yeah, yeah. who they are, where they let anyway. you... You but know, this is targeting who works at Dollywood. A lot of young people. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. I know. So um, Adele won everything last night at the uh, Brit Awards. She is she this like dedicated, a Grammys or no? It's like American Music Awards. Okay, 
If you listened to our show yesterday, that's what we said. It was more okay. like the American Music Awards. It's certainly not I like wasn't a Grammy. Yeah, really. right. There was just this other person who had my show on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she dedicated her award to her son and her ex-husband Simon. Okay. Kept, for the inspiration to write all that music. Yes, she dropped some f bombs and got bleeped. And um, she's got the mouth. Roger okay. Freeman said she's the X-rated My Fair Lady. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. And I, people are wondering, is she going to address the Graham Norton, on Graham Norton, the Las Vegas situation? Because Team Adele definitely dropped the PR, um, you know, they just dropped it all on the floor with the they way really that did. whole Vegas residency thing was handled. 24 hours before the event canceled. They did not show their work. No, you want to know, and so if people don't know what Graham Norton is, it's on the BBC. If you get the BBC, I used to, I don't know if I still get it, I used to tape it. On Comcast, it's like maybe 118 or 119. But you could say in the mouthpiece, BBC. Yeah, you can. can. But it's a a talk show where there's like three or four guests, kind of like what James Corden used to do, having more guests on the couch and then they interact with each other so they could have a cast of a movie yes they could yes have it's funny people pairing together and he is so funny i will never forget when graham norton made fun of our nipples after the episode of on sex in the city you know we got our product on sex in the city the only thing outside of the writer's room to from people that were sending him all kinds of product placement ideas and he just made so much fun and had such a hoot and a holler and i was so proud that Graham Norton. I wish I still had that. I'm I, sure we could find it somewhere. Oh yeah, it might. Yeah, it might be somewhere. But anyway, I'm sure the conversation. It's on tape. It's I'm on sure VHS. it's going to be on. It, it's going to come gonna, up. It has to come up. But I. But I really think everyone just wants to know. Okay, let's reschedule or not. Oh, and then Idris Elba was at the Brit Awards, and he came out, and his fly was open. Ooh. Stop out of where the bathroom or came well, out. I just of, came out on stage. On stage with this fire button. Yeah, and people were tweeting. Uh someone needs to tell Idris to close the front door. Other people were like, Why are people complaining about Idris's fly being open? Uh and like that's not the best possible thing that could possibly happen today. Other people were like, Your fly's down. Now he's up on stage. He doesn't know, but he was wearing a Gucci jacket. Track jacket. He looks hot. Yeah, he He's does. so handsome. He's so handsome. He Who really cares? Is. You'd have to be like, how do you even see it? He had a pair of black pants on. And I mean, sometimes I walk around and my fly is Same, down. Totally. Not like yeah. you can see anything. Especially when I have, okay, so the <laughs> pants that have the inside button. Oh, yeah. If you have a belt and an inside button, some fancier pants have that inside yes. button. Forget it. There's too many things to remember to do. That's right. Yeah, I had to flush the correct way. I had to, you know, shut the door. You right. have to pull up your pants. You had to pull up your... I mean, and then by the time you get to the zipper, it's like, ah, yeah. forgot. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of steps. There's yeah, a lot there's of, a lot of steps. There are sometimes, and you're like, okay, forget about it. And then Nelly is apologizing to the world because uh, somehow he uh, posted... Uh, to his Instagram story, a video of him re- receiving oral sex. It didn't show him, but it showed the gal, and it was his voice, and blah blah blah. And he's apologizing to this young lady and her family. It didn't. It, that was not supposed to happen. Okay. Whoops. How do you okay. accidentally go? Okay, live? I'm just. Yeah. I'm gonna just say weird things happen with your phone. Do you ever put it down somewhere and it just starts dialing a number? Uh, no. Okay, no. my phone does that all okay. the time. All right. So I don't know how you get it to the post and don't hit send, 
or post. Well, people now these people are wondering if he got hacked. Okay, mm-hmm. that well that would make more sense. But so Nelly some, is apologizing. Well, as he should. Yeah. And, How embarrassing. Well, now that your would phone be, has access to all your videos and pictures. Unless you deny access. Who's denying your phone access? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. All right.